Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello, I am Simon Evans. Welcome to Headliners, your nightly comedic romp through the papers. And we have called upon the big guns for tonight's show. We have Leo Kurse and Steve N. Allen. <laughs> Both of you looking resplendent. Both of you in tailored jackets. I'm pleased to see. <laughs> Gently, we're ticking up the standards here. That's very yeah. good. What's that your GB News salary is starting to roll in. <laughs> we're taking it straight down TK Maxx. Uh, it's where I always shop, actually. Yeah. The one occasion when I have my tailored jacket, this was made to measure, but for a different Simon Evans, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. For a different person? <laughs> no. For, oh, right, right. for an oh, earlier right, iteration you. of myself. Right. I love the idea I... that you turn up to a tailor's and just say your name. Yes. And hope that someone <laughs> else Not anything one. for Simon Evans. Funny enough, I went into quite a... Uh, my wife bought me a pair of cufflinks recently from a like a quite high-end uh, German street gift store, you know, men's gift store, and I didn't want them. I took them back and to see what they had else available. And they had these rather nice leather notebooks and you could get them monogrammed, or rather, with, no, actually, your, your, yeah, three initials on them, like basically free of charge, effectively. So I picked one off the shelf and I said, I'd like that one with SJE on it. And they went off and they did it, and they did it on the wrong colour. They did, it on a, they did it on a black and I'd wanted a navy blue one. So right. I said, no, this is definitely... And I demonstrated that I'd flourished a navy blue one from the shelf. And then, and then they redid the navy blue one and then I left. And then I thought, they've now got yeah. a black leather notebook that's basically worthless to them. Yeah, it's, it's like when the pizza place makes the wrong pizza. Yeah. They give you that pizza give as well. Why pizza. don't they just give you the I should have gone back well. in, but I didn't quite And ask for a pizza. But I might... This was last week. I might go back next week, or yeah. this week now, and just say... I don't suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a favour. <laughs> anyway, folks, let's have a look and see what's on the front pages tomorrow. I expect uh, the lead story is, uh, well, as I say that, it's not necessarily there's consensus. The Daily Mail kicks us off and it turns out, no, I was wrong. Uh, rail strike could cause blackouts and a picture of the Queen there in some sort of golf buggy. That looks a little bit optimistic. Um, the Daily Telegraph have pressure on Met over pictures of PM raising a toast in number 10. That's the story I thought might dominate tonight. Um, and also Kissinger has something to say about Ukraine. Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, who must be well into his fifth century by now. Uh, the Independent, Prime Minister pictured drinking at lockdown party number 10. He's not actually pictured drinking, he's pictured flourishing his glass in a sort of ceremonial capacity, but arguably that's even worse. Drinking is a basic biological function, isn't it? Uh, the Guardian have fresh danger for Johnson over number 10 drinks picks. Everyone else has been really badly sort of <laughs> diminished into, into steam and mist yeah. uh, in these photographs, suggesting that they consider them to have no blame attached to them. Uh, Financial Times has Biden's pledge to defend Taiwan, draws stern warning from Beijing. We'll be covering that shortly. And there's a picture of Zelensky there uh, addressing the World Economic Forum, the uh, literal Bond villains of the modern era. Uh, they have the Daily Mirror. How did he get away with this? Extraordinary uh, that that is uh, such a powerful headline with that photograph. In any other time and place, we would be shrugging, uh, bemused. Uh, they also have a picture of Jubilee party food, which is obviously uh, legal, I should emphasise. The Times have Chelsea flower show banner and partying PM 
misled commons. I'm always tempted to pronounce that word, missled. But um, <laughs> they uh, misled the commons. Well, that is, of course, the, 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 imp that's the important issue. Uh, did he lie? Uh, that remains to be proven. Metro, number 10 party pictures, <coughs> lockdown in one, Prime Minister. How did Boris not get fined for this booze up? I think people want to see a bit more than a 50 quid fine for it. That's what is at stake. Those are the headlines. Let's have a look and see what's inside. And so we start with Tuesday's Guardian. Uh, but, uh, several of these uh, photographs have made their way onto the front pages, but there seems to be a general theme. Is this the final deadly cut, or will he get through this, Leo? What do you think? I can't believe this is even in the news, never mind on the front pages. I mean, for the last few months, we've, we've, we've had real problems in the world. Hyperinflation, war in Ukraine, mm. like the threat to Western liberal democracy. Wagatha Christie. From inside and out. Wagatha, <laughs> we've got Amber Heard versus John. Why, why is there nothing about Amber Heard, what she's been it's, up to uh, in this stack of paper? But yeah, instead, They've, they've got four images. Uh, Boris Johnson's holding a, a small glass of wine in one of them, uh, just like Keir Starmer was at the party he was at. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is shocking to anyone who thought that uh, Conservative politicians subsisted on prionic air instead <laughs> of consuming actual beverages and food. Uh, so, yeah, the, these pictures, it says, in The, in the Guardian, says they risk reigniting uh, Tory anger over the so-called Partygate saga in number 10 and placing renewed pressure on, well, I'd say, Labour and the media for ignoring the real problems and, uh, and, and carrying on as if this is an issue. It's There's certainly a take. What do you think, Steve? Is this... I think the people who are expressing that shock that this is a story wouldn't be giving it the same treatment if this was Keir Starmer cheering a bunch of people who were half-faced out. Going, I would. I'm on the record as saying a plague on both their houses, <laughs> as in the media, the left and right-wing media, for trying to distract us. I am as uninterested. I will just put my cards on the table. I have no interest in seeing Keir Starmer hung up for the I, I criticise Keir Starmer, but purely for hypocrisy. He came out and he said that, you know, Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson should yeah. resign based on the allegations, never mind the actual, yes. you know, fact of the It's matter. opportunism is, and he misjudged it, but... But how is the one wrong thing here not Boris's hypocrisy? Mm. He's the one who, whether you think he was forced into making the rules or not, made the rules. He was forced so into the, making the rules. And he, but again, whether it was or not, you stick to them or you don't, or you stand up. Have some backbone and stand up to the rules you disagree with so you can have a cheeky... Can I say what I think would be a, a good solution to this? I don't know whether it would be an adequate solution for people who want, obviously, to see the end of a Tory government or the one man who could conceivably win the next election being, you know, yanked out. But I would like to see an amnesty now to anyone who was excessively fined over the last two years. Any member yeah. of, the, of the general population who was fined more than 50 quid, if, the, if there were loads of 50s or 100s here or there, but some people were fined thousands yeah. Yeah. for, for um, transgressions that were no more serious than yeah. this. And I think that absolutely should be reinvestigated. I mean, my God, they dig up these cases when they're 70 or 80 years old, don't they? And. Uh, mm and say, oh, we, you know, times have changed and we realise, well, maybe it would be a bit more meaningful to do it while those people are still alive and could indeed benefit from getting some folding back in their wallet in time, yeah. <laughs> in time for the summer holidays. But yeah. in answer to the question you asked about, will, be, will this be the thing that, that does for Boris? Not at all, because that, it's, no. it's so baked in. We always use yeah. that phrase, it's priced in with Boris. He's already been fined. Yes. No, I can't find a person in the street, show them that picture, and they go, what? <laughs> Boris didn't stick to the rules? Why yeah, did yeah. no one mention this before? Subtle, subtle reiterations of the core principle. I like baked in, though, for, for cake gate. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> was it somebody did a tweet to that effect that he was the first... This was the first time that somebody nearly went to jail because of a cake that was in a file. <laughs> <laughs> Sue Gray has that on her hands if she wants it. Anyway, moving on, and Nazanin Zagari Radcliffe is back. 
back in the headlines, Steve. I'm a little bit puzzled about this one because it seems to have come out of... Uh, it seems to be a follow-up to a story I had, must have missed the first leg. Yeah, well, this is um, former hostage and journalism teacher. I'm sure I heard someone say Spy. that. Spy. <laughs> <laughs> someone said that somewhere. But says that a UK official witnessed her signing a false confession yeah. just before the, the release. And by witnessed, it actually is just in the room watching, not... Yeah. I mean, it would have been worse if it was the other witness, if it was sign and put your address on there as yes, well. Yes, like witness. you do with a next-door neighbour when you're, yeah. you're doing your will, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that could have made it worse. But she says that she now expects this confession to be used against her. I mean, I, I hope not, but also at the same time, no one's going to believe it. You clearly were forced to sign something yeah. under the threat of not being released. Well, what did the confession money. say, though, that she had been spying? Well, it doesn't say in the article. No, and right. I suppose she's not overly keen to go into great I, details I to, as to what she's... Because, uh... I mean, I heard a little bit of it on the radio and I was trying to sort of understand... There seemed to be some bits missing and it, it sounded a bit more as if she was... Um, it sounded more as if she was uh, confessing to like, hatred of the Tory government or something like that. Do you want to mean, like, stating a kind of loyalty to, to Iran rather than a deliberate attempt to at malpractice against it? All her actions since coming back to the UK seem to be in line with that confession, then. I mean, she yeah. never ba stops banging on about how much she despises the Tory government <laughs> just and despises Victoria Coronet Mitchell again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just can't believe uh, Nazanin is still banging on about this. It's, it's yeah. not going to get you on Strictly. You know, like if if you wanna if you wanna have a post spying career in the UK uh, as as a, some sort of left wing celebrity as the Jack Monroe of teaching English in Iran, I mean, I, I, I just think the the amount of abuse she's uh, she's given the, the UK government and yeah. she's levelled zero at Iran. And let's not forget that Iran was the country that imprisoned her. Maybe she should direct some of her ire at their I, government. I mean, I remember you saying that at the time, and I have some sympathy for it. I think part of the issue is that she is aware that she has family in Iran, and if she makes herself persona non grata to that extent she will never be able to see them again or something. I mean, there are complications, but well, it so, doesn't necessarily mean that she then... So she's exploiting the fact that Britain is an incredibly kind and tolerant place and the government doesn't uh, doesn't put families in jail for, for what their family members say. Well, to be arguably, that's what we do here every night, isn't it? Take advantage of precisely <laughs> that tolerant atmosphere. Come yeah, on. but I'm happy to criticise the Iranian government. Yes. I think it's a bad government. Go on. Go but on, if please. you thought that, that someone had, had mis-job-titled you and that put you in... Mis-job-titled? <laughs> <laughs> which I think is the case these days. Would you not be at least a bit miffed? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure that that's the, the full story. I mean, she was advised not to go to Iran mm. by, the, by the foreign there office. Was a lot, there's a lot of detail in there, but I am intrigued by your idea, which I think, you know, I don't know, that chimes for me a little bit, that she is trying to continue this story. It's, it's gone now. We got her out, yeah. we paid up. I know it wasn't a ransom exactly, it was money we owed, whatever, but um, it's over, isn't it? What, yeah. what, what, well, why maybe, are we maybe hearing the more about maybe the Guardian now? pay by the word. Mm. So, <laughs> Tuesday's Telegraph now. Uh, Biden has some strong words for China, Leo. This you have? Yes, so the US president has said he would be willing to intervene militarily. I mean, I'm assuming he'd send the army and not, that's not just him <laughs> himself threatening to shuffle over. I'd love uh, to see him trying to wield a flamethrower now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would spr he'd spring it around the battlefield like a, like a party balloon that's been released. Be like, yeah. actually, just, <laughs> like he would be the balloon, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this this is uh, this is much more um, much firmer and uh, and you know slightly more aggressive and assertive than we've traditionally seen from from yeah. America, which has traditionally had a policy of uh, you know oh well you know we're going to leave you in the dark as to what we'll do. Yeah. We'll support Taiwan, but you know we're not sure what that support actually means. Have they? So never, you, is that right? They've not actually said previously that this would be a, a, a definite red line. There would be military yeah. reprisals. Yeah, they've, right. they've absolutely never said that. You know, okay. they'd, they'd send uh, you know 
boots on the ground and yeah. military support to Taiwan. They said they'd, they'd support Taiwan, but uh, but because I mean, uh, worldwide, there's a lot of countries who don't recognise Taiwan. Even even in America, I mean, you, uh, John Cena from the Fast and the Furious film, mm. uh, he oh. backtracked on uh, recognising Taiwan as a country. I do remember and that. Then, yeah, yeah. The guy from the WHO, his line went mysteriously dead, didn't he? When uh, do you remember that at the beginning of the crisis yeah. when he was asked where the Taiwan? He was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I did a I did an online gig uh, for for Shanghai, and they told me don't mention the three T's: uh, Tiananmen Square, Tibet, or Taiwan. Wow! So, and any, anybody watching in uh, Shanghai on YouTube, sorry, but you've got about five minutes till uh, there's a knock on the door because we just said all those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is great. We, we can see in the in the aftermath of uh, the Ukraine war, um, you know, military might isn't always the deciding factor in uh, in these disputes. Yeah. So uh, you know. it is interesting, though, in that respect that um, Ukraine are obviously putting out fierce resistance using uh, other people's weapons. You know, they're being given weapons and so on. But that's mm. a specific response. Uh, that stayed within the sort of previous diplomatic channels that were agreed that wouldn't necessarily be Kelsey's belly. America has had so much, there's so many military and naval bases surrounding Taiwan and in the South China. I mean, it's, it is almost as if China is a, is a hostile presence in, a, in, a, in an otherwise American militarised zone. <laughs> it's an extraordinarily well-prepared area yeah. for, the, for the reprisals to take place. So I don't think it would be quite comparable in that respect. Yeah. And, and I also, think it would be like one of those Pixar movie scenes, you know, when the, something happens and, yeah. you know, 5,000 yeah, rifles. <laughs> yeah. And also Taiwan's an island, so, you know, it's not like yes. you roll tanks across, the, across yeah. the border. It's a much, much different military situation. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, Steve? I mean, it's another uh, time of Biden going that little bit further than he probably should. Some yeah. people are saying this is a, a bit of a misspeak. But as if, this, as if he's the first president in recent time to just talk big and then other people have to talk it down later. Yeah. It's almost a continuation of the new American politics. Yeah. Someone on stage just playing that, that crowd and then later someone goes, actually, well, what we mean is sending equipment rather than military. Ugh, sorry about Diplomacy that. Diplomacy is the continuation of war by other means, as mm. Clausewitz never said. I, I remember Dar O'Brien had a lovely line. He said, uh, people always say that um, Chinese, very wise, they have one word for crisis and opportunity. And he said, <laughs> but on the other hand, they also have one word for Tibet and China. <laughs> and it's China. <laughs> Great line. Uh, to Tuesday's Times now, and a first conviction for war crimes uh, in the Ukraine, Steve. Yeah, first war crimes trial has, uh, has now happened, and the person has been convicted and sentenced to life. Now, later on in the story, we'll hear that how some people think that's um, too high for the crime that he's been convicted of. But this is the time to send messages, isn't it? This is yeah. the time where you, that message has to be if you are a Russian soldier thinking, oh, what can I get away with? You need the message to be non, stick to the rules of war, yeah. because if not, look at who's at risk here. What, what, what did he do? So, um, it was... She, now, this is where... He, the person who shot is a cyclist. As a he said, she said war crime. <laughs> this, this, the, and I know much as there'll be temptation for people who don't like cyclists to look at this. Let's right. ignore that for a second. So, no, this was, this was someone who saw a 62-year-old man on a bike, unarmed yeah. civilian, but right. with a phone, and thought this phone might be used to uh, uh, give the location. Radioing. Yeah. And, and shot an unarmed civilian. I mean, it... it shot him dead. Yeah, couldn't have been a difficult court case, really, because... No. That's the thing you can't do. So that's I mean, I assume the thing with war crimes is... It, there is sometimes, you know, you take a step back and you go, it's war. Everything is just... It's a series of licensed crimes. That's what war is. Murder is, is, is like the, the, the uh, quasi-sine yeah. non or whatever, you know, of, of war. How can you 
differentiate. But, but it's of not course, it is absolutely crucial to differentiate, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. If you're going to survive, if the if you know civilization survives at all. Yeah, and also if, if Russia is going to occupy parts of Ukraine, which was the original plan. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, the, Ukraine has obviously got the the moral high ground here. You can see, uh, you know, prisoners of war that are that are taken in uh, in Russia are disappearing to to work camps, and you know, just they're they're not being put in trial. Not that you could get a fair trial right. in Russia anyway, but uh, yeah. you know, this this trial has been monitored by external monitors. And they've said it's you know it's it's following due process and it's fair. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And some of the, I mean, some of the reports coming out of Russia, you know, around uh, Kiev that, that was occupied occupied for for a month, uh, absolutely horrific. You know, uh, rape, uh, murder, and often murder over over tiny things. Mm. You know, to steal some trainers. And it has so. to be said. I mean, not that this this is will be the sins of the father, but you know. I think it's reasonably well known, isn't it? Anyway, the Red Army, when they uh, finally sort of uh, gained the the, the uh, momentum uh, uh, in 1945, committed some of the most horrific war crimes ever documented. I mean, as they as they entered Berlin, it's it's said that pretty much every woman was either shot running away or was or was raped hmm. where she stood. And um, I don't know. Obviously, that was after an horrific war, which they didn't start that particular aspect of it. I mean, German, you know, they invaded Poland. I mean, they were far from guilt-free at the start of the thing. But I mean, that's you know, that remains the last major engagement of the Red Army. There is just that slight taint that hangs over that whole, yeah. you know, uh, and, as a. And the rot comes from the the top down. I mean, Putin's yeah. completely immoral and very autocratic. Uh, and, and his army are confused, uh, demoralised, scared, yeah. uh, and not operating according to you know any good military doctrine. So he's yeah. basically got like a bunch of poorly trained hooligans and yeah. you know, shoved them over the border. And he's using you know Chechen troops and other other troops, yeah, that, yeah. you know the Wagner Group that commit hor horrific crimes. We just have to hope the message does travel into the into the rank and file. I guess mm. Tuesday's Metro have an update to the van driver. My God, from the well, I don't know what you would call, not the sublime, but to the ridiculous anyway, to the van driver that chose to run over a family of ducklings, Leo. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is horrific. I know what's, what's, going on, what, what's going on in Ukraine is, is horrific, but I mean, to me, this is, this is horrific as well. Basically, the traffic was waiting uh, for these ducks. There were seven uh, ducklings and their, their parents mm. crossing the road. Um, and this, this guy, 61-year-old uh, driver, van driver from Stoke-on-Trent, uh, couldn't be bothered waiting, so drove around the other cars and drove over the ducklings and squished. Oh, he overtook, he overtook other cars as well? As, as I understand, yeah. Right. That's so, not the biggest crime, though, is it? <laughs> well, I, what bothers you? Well, I suppose <laughs> the possibility is that he doesn't understand what's going on, so he can't see what's oh. there are ducklings crossing. He just thinks somebody's stopped and he's, like, in a hurry. Right. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. You think he had you, malicious, like, murderous intent to the you'd ducklings? Be a, you'd or? be a good uh, defence. Yes. A good defence lawyer. I might get it. Um, no, apparently the driver, uh, so there was a heated conversation. Um, this, this van driver, after initially stopping, couldn't wait for the five seconds it would have taken them to let them cross. This is from a, a witness, by the way. Mm -hmm. And drove straight over them, crushing three of them. Uh, and uh, this, this guy called Mr Wally, who's probably bullied at school, uh, followed the van driver to a lay-by uh, before a very heated conversation ensued. He claims the driver said, I don't effing care. So, well, that, yeah, that so seems a good luck getting them off the hook now, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Steve? Is this a serious crime or is this some kind of weird? This is why we have the red triangles with a picture of the ducks in there. Yeah. They have right of way in these situations. So, the toads in Norfolk. 
The, yeah. yeah, and actually, if ever you drive through Salisbury, they have the red triangles with a picture of a tank, and you do slow really? down for them. So wow, we're... yeah. But um, it's disgraceful, isn't it? It's, we, we always know that uh, not being nice to animals is step one on the path to being very Dad, to worse. To tyranny, yes. Yeah. It is. <laughs> we judge a society by how it treats its ducklings. Yes. <laughs> and, all, and all the ducks and geese are having their, their ducklings and goslings at the moment. So I've yeah. noticed, you know, in, in uh, Chiswick Park, um, the, the you see the goslings, and then the next week they're gone. And I think the dogs, so people should just keep their dogs on leads as well oh, and their vans yeah. out of the way. Although geese are slightly more controversial than ducks, aren't they? Ducks are, they're just, a, they're an unalloyed good, aren't they? There's, yeah. n there's nothing wrong with ducks. I think geese are there's, just big ducks. I think geese are slightly more problematic in ways, but we probably don't have time to take a deep dive into right now. We've reached the end of this particular part. Coming up after the break, we will be discussing the not as alluring as it sounds, creamy magnetic smells, why your house is more economically successful than you, and psychotic hamsters. See you then. <laughs> Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, Leo Curse, and Steve N. Allen. So, Tuesday's Telegraph now. I can't decide whether to refer to Orwell's 1984 or Benson's Panopticon for this one, Steve. So, AI, the yes. future. Everyone's going to love AI. It takes our jobs away from us. Clearview AI, the facial recognition company, has been fined. It's been used by the Met Police and Nottinghamshire Police, other places. Fined 7.5 million by the information watchdog, ordered to delete billions of Facebook photos really? that it's been using to train its AI how to recognise faces. Right. Part of that then makes me think, well, this is too late. It's already been trained. Yeah. So that's a, a worry. And they harvest the picture from social media without the knowledge or permission of the people who had the pictures. For me, I'm slightly less worried because on Facebook, most of the pictures are where my other half's decided we're doing a photo. And she drags me in, takes about 50 of them and deletes all the ones where she doesn't like, look her, yeah, yeah. how she wants. So no I'm left. Shadow. Yeah, she looks great, and I'm left in the ones where I look like I'm halfway yeah. through a cough or a difficult poop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they can't recognise me, is what I'm saying about yeah. this. But a database of 20 billion faces, it's used to track people's... <clears throat> or it can be used to track people's movements. So these were, just to be clear, these were pictures that people had uploaded on Facebook. They hadn't signed up for an app, specifically. Yeah. It wasn't like one of those face app things where the people... Because those have been accused of, like, harvesting data as well, right? Yeah. Well, but the these company, are just regular photos. Yeah, the company said in its defence that it was just using photos from the open internet. Yeah. I guess that means you don't need a Facebook account to look at them, but that's just true of most people's first-level yes. pictures. Um, there is that argument, if you don't do anything wrong, why would you be afraid of being tracked? But I do things wrong, so I don't <laughs> That's right. I always say that, yes, don't assume I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do what, what I'm just... Want to understand? Was the were the photographs used to say this person and this person? This is the same person. So do you see AI? Do you see how people <laughs> resemble themselves in different? Or was it used to say this is Steve N. Allen? See, well, and this is Steve N. Allen as well. So if you see this man breaking into a bank or kicking some ducklings, this is Steve N. Allen. And you tell... Do you see what I mean, the difference? You're very much using and, me as the example. Yes. Much. It's, uh, all you need is the first one. All you yeah. need is the ability to link face-to-face -face because all you then need is one picture of Stephen Allen yeah. and you've got them all. So it's like the machine that taught the machine to play Go using first principles rather than the one that taught it by saying, do you see this game, how, they, how this played out yeah. and so on? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Google Photos, uh, if you go into the search function in Google Photos, you can, you can search by face. So I guess right. that's where this yeah. AI, you know, has a benefit official 
application. Yeah. And, you know, if they were using the faces just to train that, but they, they weren't. They're, I mean, they've been used by uh, the Met Police, who aren't just helping you catalogue no. your <laughs> photographs. No. And I remember when I, when I worked in criminal intelligence uh, with ANPR, which I guess was the facial recognition of the time, mm. you could track across London, you could track uh, car, criminals' cars, and then they'd go into a borough uh, where there wasn't a ANPR, and then they'd pop out in a borough that did have an ANPR. It was wow. fascinating to watch. Yeah, like the black box. Yeah, so physics, I mean, th yeah. this is they're, they're doing the same with faces now. You can see in China yeah. uh, how it's used. You know, when you've got like a more authoritarian, uh, you know, less uh, less sort of morally upstanding government, uh, it can be abused to you know to hassle um, to track political dissidents or whoever yeah. you want. And they have they ally it with gait analysis, which I love that. You, you know, gait analysis. Yeah. They can see how you walk. They well, can you, see you the can, style of your. Yeah, you can fake a walk, but it's a lot of effort to you, pull a face. The Bee Gees would have been stuffed, wouldn't they? Could <laughs> walk around with a limp going. And yet my own phone can't recognise me. I can't use, <laughs> I can't use the facial thing. It's because you're wearing that jacket. Constantly for a different Simon Evans. Like some kind of <laughs> anyway, Tuesday's Mirror Now. And uh, do different ages have a certain olfactory difference or should you be put in a separate prison wing for suggesting they do? Oh, my God. I'm a little bit torn on this one, Leo. Go yeah, on. I mean, I mean it's, <laughs> it's weird and creepy, but <laughs> is it quite as bad as your old adversary says... Anyway, you yeah, carry it's, on. Uh, it's definitely weird and creepy. So uh, local Tories have uh, launched an investigation uh, uh, into a tweet by Jaunty Campbell, uh, a candidate who stood for the Tories in Preston is his five name times. Jaunty or Jaunty? Jaunty, J-O-N-T-Y. Okay. He's quite jaunty. Uh, I don't think he's very jaunty right now. <laughs> he's probably hiding under the table, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, yeah, he, he stood for the Tories loads. He's the par local party's de deputy chair for campaigning. And he, he tweeted the other day uh, that girls aged 16 have a buttery, creamy, slightly sweet smell that is unbelievable, unbelievably magnetic. And was this on, on MasterChef or this, Bake Off? No, this no, is Bake Off, right? This is some sort of cannibal... Like, Literally yeah. sampling one. As he's all, <laughs> all this stuff. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, like... this Getting sort of vanilla thing. and... This is the sort of thing you should only ever say in your head, even yeah. if you think it, even if it pops into your head, like you get close enough or to a I couple suppose. of women to notice what they smell like, don't tweet that you've noticed no. what they smell like, because, you know, the, the best, the very best that can happen to you is people are going to think you're incredibly creepy for going around yeah. smelling 16-year-old girls. Yes. I mean, the, the full uh, tweet, it was, in, it was in reply to discussion about the British man who ran off with his 22-year-old Ukrainian refugee. Oh, um, right, that, yeah. And, and he said, uh, here's the thing with girls. Uh, that's a very confident <laughs> way to start. Here's the thing with girls, 22 or under, they smell massively different to a girl of 28. Girls 16 to say 23 have this creamy, buttery, slightly sweet smell that is unbelievably magnetic. Wow. So, oh my God, and obviously- There's, two, there's, a, there's several things wrong with that, apart from the, the underlying sentiment. Magnetic is jarring there, isn't it? It yeah. can't be it's a big, smell. Yes, that's what it sort of it suggests she's ferrous rather than battery. <laughs> I mean, he's got a big yeah. one, hasn't he? And it, and it smells alluring. like the electron domains are aligned. <laughs> and it also <laughs> suggests that the closer he gets to her, uh, you know, he's going to suddenly <laughs> latch onto her. It and is it, or, something... And it also suggests that she's going to be violently repelled. Yes, that's true. It is something I've heard grown men say without um, fear of indictment about babies. The tops of babies' heads do have a buttery smell, yeah. and you're allowed to say that. And then, then they and enter, then they enter a period of life when you're not allowed to yeah. come out of that smell again. Yeah, and you can, and then they come about, out of the, yeah. You can say it about lasagna. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. But uh, yeah, Doctor Shola Moss Shogbamimu yeah. uh, responded uh, with, "What did I just freaking read? Uh, where do you be begin to deconstruct this evil?" So she goes, uh, you know, kind of over the a top, bit over the top. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it's. This is my thing. It's not evil. It's extraordinarily ill-advised. 
advised, but yeah. I think he is probably, you know, as you say, voicing a uh, a sort of slight predilection for. But you know, it's but also in response to the, the story. not not for children though. He's saying young. He's saying younger. Young. Well, I suppose that is that's a legal issue. Sixteen is legal. Yeah. He's definitely gone for the age of consent. Hasn't he? <laughs> he's yeah. he's loaded until he's bumped on that rail. So he just means sub twenty two is what he should have said. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the story that he's talking about is also wrong because I don't want to speak for the guy who's left his missus for mm. the refugee, but it's probably not the smell that's it. Done probably it probably wasn't the, the decisive fact. <laughs> and he doesn't even know this gentleman. Maybe Ukrainian girls might smell different. They might be sort of more like chili and lime or something. I mean, there might be a whole range of... It may very well... They're not, they're not Doritos. Well, no, it may come from the... That's my favourite flavour of, uh, of peanuts at the moment. But um, <laughs> there's a... Uh, that mime didn't There help. might be something to do... <laughs> might be something to do with the diet you have or any kind of, you know, who knows? And, and peanuts, you're talking about the food. That's not the name of your uh, maid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlie Brown. Uh, Tuesday's Times, and uh, let's hope this can get us out of this ditch. Seemingly our homes earn far more than we do, and in certainly, certainly, more than the minimum wage, Steve. This yeah, is a worrying the, trend. More, more than the median. So homes yeah. um, over the, the COVID period have gone up by 55,000 to an average of 368,000. Uh, your, your median earning. They are mixing the mean and the median here, and that's the thing that really bothers me. Since when exactly, sorry? It's two years. Two years, yeah. OK. So, so that's about median wage. It's about 25 grand is median wage, isn't it? Well, um, 31, but then you take oh, the tax okay. off, you're down yeah. to around 25. Yeah. And um, given that... You could earn that money in that amount of time. The problem is, though, yes, your house has earned more than you, and maybe it's the big daddy now, and you should pay it more respect. Now it's the breadwinner. <laughs> but you can't really get access to that money without okay. having to then leave that house and buy another one, which has gone up by, let me check, £55,000 on average. So <laughs> it just kind of averages if, out. Really if, you're moving, if you're moving up the scale, which I mean, look, people do move up and back down again, but it could yeah. be worse news, couldn't it? But um, yeah. Well, if you're thinking of cashing in your chips, buying a houseboat and sailing off into the sunset, this is probably quite a good time to do it, mm. possibly. I don't know. Yeah, although there's still a lot of heat in that market and the, the article doesn't really point out why. i got my theories. Yeah. The reason is that uh, people want to try and get locked into a five-year fixed-term mortgage before that thing hits yes. the fan. But also, middle-class people have been able to accrue more of a deposit during lockdown. Yeah. Um, and which is going to be another thing that forces even more of a wealth gap between working-class and middle-class people. They're pushing this... The, the, the houseboat is already floating off without us working. I have to. I on. totally agree, and I am a homeowner, and I'm very grateful to have been one. But there's no question; it's the greatest divisive force in 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 British society. And we've got a generation, the younger generation, what, and, and me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not even young, uh, but we, you know, we've we've grown up not being able to buy a house. Yeah. So uh, you in know, fact, it's, almost feeling it's absurd. It's and yeah, and it's driving people, uh, not me, but it's driving other people towards uh, towards socialism, towards anything where the government steps in and takes property from people and redistributes it. And you can, you can understand why it's, it's driving I that. totally agree with you. I think it's extraordinarily short-sighted of the Tory government not to be addressing this yeah. issue. Yeah. I love that this is you slightly more pushed towards socialism. Yeah, yeah. What would it have been like before? I'll die in the street. I'll live in a cardboard box before I become a socialist. You're like a tough ex. It's interesting. You worked in, did you say military intelligence or something? Yeah, criminal intelligence. Criminal intelligence. Yeah. I'm starting to understand you now. You are actually slightly PTSD. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it is a serious issue. I mean, it's extraordinary. In 2% in one month, apparently. Yeah. I think, I think in the most recent month, 2% price increase. Mm, yeah. That is insane. I mean, you scale that up, that's like 60 grand a year on the average house. Yeah. And then we, the next sentence is, well, this can't last. And then give us six months, we'll find a new story that says that it has lasted. What happened new in... make people want to be in it. I remember very clearly, we, we moved house. We nearly sold our house in 2005 and at the last minute it fell through and we changed our mind. We resold it two years later in 2007. It had gone up by 50% in that two-year period. Ooh. And about six months after that, of course, came the crash. And at that point, I remember people saying to me, be careful because this is like this is insanely overheated. But those same people have been saying that for years, so yeah. you just didn't know. I mean, we, we sort of got away with it, but... Um, it's that moment where you just go, you know, and people will try and time it. Some well, people will try and cash out and come and live with you in your cardboard yeah, box well, for, we, for a year or two. We had two two or three decades of, uh, it's called nice, non-inflationary constant ex expansion. So, yeah. you know, the government could keep printing money, then we had quantitative easing, and it just seemed like it was never going to end. Yeah. Well, obviously, all that excess money has to go somewhere, so it goes into fixed assets, and the main fixed asset is property. That's so that's right. why we're seeing this. And the government, is going to be terrifying for the government to actually bite this bullet and take, you know, grab the bulls by the horns mm. and, uh, you know, do something to settle the market because yeah. it'll mean uh, it'll mean a lot of pain for a lot of people. I remember nice though, $2 to the pound as well. That yeah. was extraordinary. $2.10 at one point. When we sold our house, in fact, I did say to the <laughs> missus, let's just buy dollars and have a nice six-month holiday. If we'd done that, I would not have to have worked again. <laughs> Part two is at an end. Coming up, we've got hypersensitivity, mirror universes and the Elgin marbles and the return of Challenge Annika. It's going to be like a fruitcake without the cake. See you in two. <laughs>
apparently they, the whole thing worked when they noticed that there were certain palindromic sections in, in chromosomes, and if you sliced into the middle of them, you could create a space into which you could... Nice. Yeah. Well, into so, which you could create... Psycho-hamsters, psycho which is also what it need. might stand for now. <laughs> yeah. One thing we didn't need. I mean, I'm presuming what happens then is the hamsters take over the lab, they kill some of the lab assistants, and then there's yeah. probably a PhD student. Yeah, she's got a backstory to do with rodents. She doesn't get on with them well, no. and then somehow she tricks them into a big wheel and then plot twist turns out it's the university's tumble dryer that would be a great film that's a nice twist i like it are you basing it loosely on the birds the yeah one? all yeah. the hamsters with the golden gate bridge just covered in hamsters but you need to get quite close up to go hang on the golden gate bridge looks slightly furry <laughs> <laughs> it, like it seems some, to be moving some van driver thing <laughs> the <most. laughs> But the reason they use hamsters is because their brains are a lot like ours, which I feel like, you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> but they get cortisol responses. Oh, they, do they? Yeah. So... Unlike rats, which have no gag reflex, which I've, I know is useful. How they did you find that out, Sam? Yeah, I know. That is <laughs> just in, which they say. No, apparently that's why they're very useful when you're giving them medicine and stuff. They won't right. throw up. So they, they have to experience the whole load, you know, yeah. the, the full cycle. But on the other hand, that does seem to suggest they're not like us, right? Yeah. You know, in important ways. There was a chap in the newspaper over the weekend who was um, a, an expert on what they call... Um, uh, it's like lifespan, but healthy lifespan, health span or something, you know, living old and, and remaining healthy. And he said 99% of the things that come along and everyone gets excited about are nonsense because they work on mice. Right. But they don't work on humans. There are so many more uh, factors uh, and variables, you know, not least of which is just our, our sheer longevity, you know, but also as, you know... You could say, well, this, this mouse was given a, a diet of, of red wine and fish and this, this mouse was given a diet of, of uh, stodgy potatoes yeah. and, and bread. But on the other hand, was either of those mice, you know, holding down a job in the city with, 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 <laughs> a, a, with a, he a heavy well, divorce coming through? Well, you know, yeah. And calorie restriction is supposed to be the one that, uh, the one that works. So it's, it extends yeah. lifespans in, in mice, but then not in humans. you have no fun. And also it doesn't work. Oh, exercise, right. exercise, he says, the only thing. All right. Times, once more, divine news from north of the border, Leo. This is a nice story. Yeah, so the first gay marriages within the Church of Scotland will be performed this year after a decisive vote to enable ministers to officiate at same-sex unions. So, uh, so yeah, this is, uh, this is great. Because I, I thought, um, I thought uh, the Church of England hmm. uh, already had gay marriage. But apparently, despite being incredibly woke yeah. and always banging on about, you know, uh, critical race theory and all this kind of stuff, yeah. they still don't allow uh, gay marriages in the Church of England. No, it's surprising that. I was surprised as well, but apparently they're still not up for it. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's one of those things, a bit like the South of Ireland, isn't it? Or Ireland, as they call it, that, has, <laughs> that used to be quite theocratic and, and dark and yeah. gloomy and, and has actually just sort of roared ahead now and is, yeah. and is extraordinarily liberal. I, I imagine, Steve, you're against gay marriage or, you know, any, <laughs> any, you know, any form of civil rights or anything. I know, but... Yeah, no, it is, I'm not religious, am I? I often see the shadow of religion holding people back. It's a, this is a good news story that it's moving forwards. Yeah. I was thinking, though, when I was jotting down the notes about it, given that something's legal in the UK, why is not allowing it not... Uh, called discrimination. Yeah, well, I suppose it's just a question whether you can be married within the church within those particular rules. It doesn't mean it's they can't club. be married under the in, under the law. Yeah. It's whether or not it is considered to be a part of the common book of prayer or something. I, I don't know. And one issue I've got with it is it goes against the scripture. So the church is... I not think really the church though. is based on the Bible. Not very strongly, it, I don't think. Is not against, you are not against Christ. I don't think Christ well, how come ever they're so two men cannot get married. How come the church was so... 
How come the church was so sort of against it for so long? I think that's a big conversation which we don't have time for. Tuesday's right. Mail and the Bank of England have offered their view on crypto markets, Steve. Yeah, cryptocurrencies, according to Bank of England chief Andrew Bailey, have no intrinsic value. This is when someone says, well, all currencies don't have intrinsic value mm. unless you agree upon the system. That's mm. true. But if you had loads of pounds in your bank on Wednesday, you might not be crying on Thursday, mm. whereas if you're a Bitcoin kind of person, that's the thing, it's the, the fluctuations. And it, it means it's not a good place to store your wealth. It's an absolutely great place to buy stuff off the dark web. Yeah. You know, I said I did stuff that I don't want people tracking. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. That's the one. But, if you uh, want to buy some kind of uh, duckling bulldozer or something yeah. that would just you know, make three out of seven is nothing, is it? Sorry. Then he sniffs them. <laughs> they smell like butter. Yes. But these the crypto things, I mean, yeah, it's a great system. It's it, But it's not a place to store wealth. It's not a store don't, of wealth. Don't You're treat absolutely it like right. that. During the pandemic, uh, interest shot up. So let's just, that story again, when people had nothing else to do other <laughs> yeah. than go down a rabbit hole of YouTube, they came out thinking cryptocurrencies... It's all about it. sentiment. It's pure sentiment. And yet I do think there is the possibility that it will rise again because, um, you know, people are concerned about fiat currency. They're certainly concerned about the dollar mm. and they're concerned about the possibility that uh, changes in the geophysical nature of the oil market it might undermine the dollar's supremacy. That that could happen, and at which point there might be a sudden exodus. But again, why? You know, there are other things. But then gold is the more obvious example, right? Well, yeah, and crypto gold was supposed to be crypto was supposed to be a safe haven from yeah. other currencies when they plummeted. When there was economic turmoil and yeah. the effect of fiat currencies, uh, your money in crypto would go up. It would mm. be it would be the equivalent of gold. Uh, but that hasn't happened. Uh, Bitcoin and the rest of them have come down as uh, as yeah. other currencies have come down. Ah, well, Mail once more, a touching act of defiance and solidarity in the Afghan media. Leo, what's going on here? Yeah, so the Taliban are obviously back in control in Afghanistan. And uh, earlier this month, Afghanistan's supreme leader, uh, Hibatullah Abkunzada, uh, issued a diktat for women to cover up fully in public, including their faces, ideally with the burqa, and the feared uh, Ministry for Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. Uh, then ordered women television presenters to follow suit. So some refused to comply, so there was a crackdown by officials. But, uh, but now male colleagues are showing so solidarity by covering their faces. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, this, this is good to see people pushing back against the Taliban's uh, strict rules. But uh, I did read in The Guardian that the burqa is feminist, is a symbol of uh, feminist... Um, expression and diversity. But it sounds like these uh, Afghan newsreader, newsreaders are Islamophobic. It sounds um, like the burqa creates a safe space for a woman to be inside, where she's a, a, avoiding the male gaze. Or, or, a male, or a male escaping, like uh, John, um, whoever it was. the Nuns the, on the run. The, no, the BBC. <laughs> like, basically, basically, yeah, right. uh, the BBC uh, presenter. Oh, John Simpson. John Simpson. He did, he yes, he crossed a border under yeah, a burqa, he's, he's didn't six he? Six six. borders, yeah. But due to, you know, trans rights, nobody could question They would have recognised his voice in an instant as well. <laughs> but it's, in, I mean, it, when they say they're wearing masks, I mean, that word to me at the moment suggests, you know, uh, the covid are they, are they wearing the male presenters? Are they wearing the full... Because they have a sort of... I don't, I don't want to... It says it, here it's... Perder, uh, they call no, it, it, say, the full, it says here it's uh, rubber masks of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, really? No, yeah. it's not. It's, and clowns it's not, and it's Mickey probably, Mouse and... No, it's, <laughs> like uh, they're going to Yeah, point break. No, it's, I think it is just face masks. Well, uh, it's a nice gesture. I'd like to see the photographic evidence before I fully commit to it. <laughs> Tuesday's Independent Next. Are there deep mysteries within our universe? Well, apparently there are, Steve. I yeah. will leave it to you to explain.
a ghostly mirror world yeah. could be causing our universe to behave in strange ways. That sounds pretty sexy. Let's ruin it with facts. <laughs> so, there's a problem with our understanding of physics. The universe is expanding faster than it should. Mm. So either there's... Well, one theory is we've got more matter out there, dark matter. That yep. explains why your galaxies aren't flinging off. That's getting Einstein getting it a bit wrong. Yes. Um, dark is one of those words which is sort of uh, problematic there, isn't it? Because it's a word that we all understand, but they don't just mean dark, as in not currently... Yeah, reflecting they, light. They mean matter that is not detectable via any of the systems of yeah. detecting matter. Yeah. Ah. How do they know yeah. it's there? Because if it's not there, their maths is wrong. That, that theme appears a lot in this story. Yes. That all of the things that they're suggesting, including this bizarre universe that has a different symmetry to ours that means it can lock in and somehow interact with our gravity, that's one of the other problems. Our gravity is a force of the four fundamental forces. Uh, yeah. It's weaker, way weaker than it should be, so maybe it's nipping next door into the other universe. And that's ah, it's being... Is straight. it weaker than it should be? Even yeah. though we've only just discovered that it, it's the Higgs boson, right, is where the gra gravity comes from. That's where mass it? comes from. Yeah. That's where mass comes from, yes, and you need mass in order to experience gravity. Yeah. But is it a bit well, like ghosts that can walk through walls but still stand on floors? Is, that, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is it roughly but like that? The, the great um, description of, of why gravity is so weak is when you just get a magnet and you can lift a pen up with it. Yes. And the, the competition there is the magnet is doing... It's pulling the pen off the Earth. Yes. Like how much... And, yeah, and you can do that yourself, you know, when... when do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're doing that. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. it's not close because you're right up against... The Earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose. No, it's extraordinarily yeah. weak. But then if you trade... Luckily, otherwise, the, the universe would be unmanageable, really. It would be very tiring, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> of heavy a real schlep. Uh, but this is where you get into the, the... It's just the maths that says that the symmetry might explain it. There are other ways of explaining are gravity. Um, and, but the maths... Is it... Just to interrupt, sorry. Is it just gravity? I, I understood it was the expansion rate of the universe that isn't currently... That's, yeah, that's yeah. wrong as well, yeah. yeah. Um, which you, you spot by your redshift and it's going faster than it should do, so where's that extra force coming from? from if it is a force. But, so the maths predicted black holes, and then we've got black holes. Maths predicted gravitational waves, but at the same time, maths also tells us that the infinite sum of all the integers is minus 1 over 12, which is a great piece of... You check out the videos. Someone manages to prove if you add up all the numbers, yeah. it equals minus 12. If you so, add up all the numbers? Yeah. It's brilliant. What, including negative numbers? No. no. Start from zero, so you only add together positive numbers. And yet you end up with a, with a negative number. Yeah, the sum of that is minus 1 over 12. That's just made-up stuff by nerds. Nonsense. But that is an example of why you shouldn't always trust maths. No, that's true. not true. That, you know that most famously, most beautiful equation? Is it Euler's...? Uh... Pi, pi I on that. E to the pi I. Equals I pi minus I 1. Equals minus 1. Yeah. That, to me, suggests the whole thing is a racket as well. Everyone goes, oh, you see the beauty of it. It's like going Rolling Stones over Beatles equals, equals Dylan or something. Do you know what I mean? No, You're like, these are three entirely different separate entities. How can they be...? That's only one example of the, the equation, which is E to the um, I theta equals cosine theta plus I sine theta. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense now, then. OK. <laughs> uh, yeah, more news from your homeland, Leo. The Highland oh. Games are in trouble. Thank God we got Possibly over that. Possibly not enough yeah. dark matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a normal thing. <laughs> Men in kilts throwing tapers around. This is no, like, symbols. We're swinging back we, into... I remember uh, when, I, when I worked symbolism. in uh, national security, they sent me for some sort of analytics training, and I went, and it was all these Greek symbols in the board. <laughs> and my hand, I was like, I don't even know, like, what these mean. Never mind, like, yeah. what you're going to teach me, how to use them. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got out of that class. Uh, but, yeah, basically, uh, in Scotland, the, the Highland Games are a mainstay of uh, a lot of villages and they bring a lot of tourism in. The Highland Games is you, you, you uh, toss the caber. Yeah. Um, I've seen them. I've seen a couple live. Yeah. You Great day out. Harass the sheep.
cheap, you know, all this, yeah. all this kind of stuff. But because of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and because it's, it's just sort of going out of fashion with, with younger people who just want Tamagotchis and, and heroin. Uh, and also there's a lot of paperwork and digital skills involved in, uh, in organising it, which uh, according to the Times, Scot Scottish people can't work. Uh, computers and members of the public are fearful of mixing in crowded spaces. This is the thing, Scotland's supposed to be tough. Scotland's you go up to Scotland, everybody's still wearing their face masks and cowering inside. And it's like, come on, COVID was, uh, was months and months ago. This is the price you pay for gay marriage in church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they know nobody's going to be taking it up because, uh, because they're, they're scared of COVID. So, uh, yeah, so this is really going to, this is going to be holding back um, the economy. I in hope very much we get that sorted out. Mail once more, our last story of the evening. Hypersensitivity. What is this, Steve? This is the story of a senior executive at a health supplement firm, red flag number one, yeah. who claimed to be hypersensitive to 4G and Wi-Fi, oh. refused to work in the office because uh, the electromagnetism was messing with her spiritual energy. So, firstly, I mean, I'm presuming she remembers that light is electromagnetic radiation, yes. so just walk around in the dark all the time. People used to be afraid of that, though. You can't bring in any new technology without one or two wombats getting in the wind up, can you? you know, they used to have to walk in front of cars carrying a red flag, and yeah. they thought that when people went over 30 miles an hour, they wouldn't be able to breathe. I mean, there were always a few people. It's always women with, like, you know, <laughs> special salt lamps for electromagnetic radiation, and then they want equal pay. Like, <laughs> you'll get equal pay when we don't have to provide salt lamps to absorb white Wi-Fi signals. <laughs> salt, salt lamps. Not a Faraday cage, no, a salt lamp. That's <laughs> I like the sound of that. Maybe it could be explaining the uh, dark matter as well. That is all we have time for. Thank you to my guest, Stephen Leo. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been Simon Evans. Headliners will be back with you again tomorrow night. Um, I believe the... I believe Who's hosting? No idea who's hosting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no idea will be here, but it will be good. It will be entertaining and tell you the news. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.